Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Amanda, and today I'm joined by special repeat guest host, Holly. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> and it couldn't be more appropriate to have you here because this is a Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got our Yuletide theme gamers over here, and we're going to be discussing the Accessibility in Gaming gift guide. Now, a few months back, we did an Accessibility in Gaming episode, and it proved very popular. I feel like it's a topic that doesn't get talked about enough, um, and we got a lot of views and some comments about the story, and um, even our editor, Monica, was like, this is really interesting content that doesn't get talked about like it should. So um, when Christmas came around, I thought, let's have Holly back and let's talk about gifts that you can get for um, people who need more inclusivity in their gaming, um, both peripherals and games that are going to support that. So thanks for coming on the show again today, Holly. Yeah, no worries. Glad to be back. Awesome. So before we do that, we'll just quickly touch on what we've been playing. So uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've streamed on Twitch and recorded some episodes for our social media of the game As Dusk Falls. And also, I've just recorded a review of Bad Neighbor 2. So I don't want to spoil it. Watch the review. You'll get some gameplay in my first impressions or early impressions of those games. So uh, you can follow us on at Retro Rebel Podcast to see when that content drops or check us out on YouTube. Um, but Holly, what have you been playing? Well, I got really hyped up by the announcement of Death Stranding 2. So I've gone back and I've been playing Death Stranding again. Uh, this time I want to go in five star like every location. I love that. Do you know what? We just did uh, the best I think, PS4 games and Death Stranding was like near the top of the list um, for guest host Steve. And he was just raving about it. I think he even said that if it, if you only had one game to play, like that's the one to play from a, a like sort of unusual and atmospheric storytelling perspective. Um, it could have been the PC one, but I think it was for PS4. Uh, but my memory might fail me. So if you want to correct me in the comments below, I will allow it. Um, but for our main topic, and we're still um, trying out the new format with slightly reduced times on our podcast length. So let us know what you think about the smaller format today. We are going to touch on a few games and a few peripherals for Christmas. If you need any last minute Christmas presents, these are great options. Most of them are fairly easily accessible or you can order them for advanced delivery. I know one of these is coming out soon, so I think you have to pre-order, but um, we'll get to that. Starting with peripherals. So in the accessibility and gaming episode, we did talk about the Xbox adaptive controller. So um, this controller is like a like a big pad and um, it has like big wide flat buttons that look like a drum pad and they help make gaming controls easier for people with limited mobility. Now I thought you could only use it on the Xbox, but when I was doing some research for this piece, apparently you can connect it to both PlayStation and Nintendo Twitch. If you 
look up some guides and you, there are some workarounds available so you can use it on those systems. So I think that's pretty good. Have you ever tried this controller? Have you ever seen it in person? I know it's kind of hard to get a hold of one of these to look at. Yeah, I've seen it in person. It kind of reminds me of like a fight pad. Um, back in the day, I used to use fight pads just to go and play normal games with because I did find the joystick and the bigger buttons just easier to work with. So for me, it kind of made perfect sense. I uh, absolutely love the concept of it. Like there's what 19 different ports where you can plug different buttons and switches into. And it makes it so unique and adaptable. There's this absolutely wonderful website called All Access Life by this guy called um, Brad, who's got cerebral palsy, and his friend Dan. And they've gone and put up this really wonderful YouTube video of Brad playing it. And it's just so freaking awesome what they can do with it. Like, he's in, like, a, a kind of full-on wheelchair-type thing, and he's got a button here, a button. So on the right-hand side, he's got a button. On the left-hand side, he's got a button. And then he's got, like, a switch just below his chin and another one just above, and that's his D-pad. So Amazing. he can just move his head around to control it. He's got, like, elbow nudge buttons, so he can just move because his – hands aren't very good but he can still move his arms and then like he could use buttons on the floor if he wanted and it was just so freaking awesome to see him playing with that like that and he really raves about it like so he said you've changed my life and so many other people's lives and I think that's what's so important about this kind of thing and I really hope that like Sony pay attention and do something similar as well because the audience is out there and games they should be for everyone so to go and have something like the xbox accessible controller is amazing one of my favorite things about it as well is that you can co-pilot so say um you've got someone that can only really play it for like with two buttons or two switches a friend can play along and play all the other buttons so it's really fantastic cooperative play together um something like that i needed so long ago when uh, my arms really stopped working properly and my dad bless him he went and just like played all the way through uh, like a, I think it was like a Final Fantasy VII shooting up shooting game, first person shooter oh, wow. with like Vincent in it. And, um, oh, I only remember the Gap song from it called Redemption. And it was just like, I, I really, I struggled so badly to play the game. And he was like, oh, I'll play it. And that was kind of, if I'd had Copilot back then, I think it would have made the experience even better to be yeah. able to go and play more inclusively rather than just be saying oh there's a pickup over there and turn that way <laughs> so it, it's just building that next level yeah. and it's just fantastic and again i cannot say enough good things about uh, all access life brad and dan's website because if you're really interested in accessibility and accessibility tech 
check them out. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, no, I think something like the adaptive control has been needed for a while. And if you think it's something that you couldn't do, just remember that we play things like Dance Dance for Revolution and Guitar Hero. So using different peripherals, different ways with different parts of our body is something that anyone can do. So um, if someone in your life, you know, doesn't get to play games the way they want to, I mean, look at some of this hardware, it could really help them out. Um, The next peripheral on this list is actually one that you don't think about a lot. This is the game advantage blue light glasses. Now we all look at screens all the time and not all of the screens that we have are adaptive so that we can turn on blue light filtering. So the, um, Blue light glasses actually let you block harmful blue light that can disturb your sleep and cause you to gain weight and all that sort of stuff um, without changing the game colors. So if you know anything about blue light filters built into phones and stuff like that, they usually just make everything a bit sepia toned. Um, These glasses actually let you experience the full game without any harmful effects from the blue light. Um, They're one of I'm sure many types of um, blue light glasses out there. This is just the first one that I came across, but it's a great gift for people that already work and spend a lot of time around screens to help them prevent any further deterioration of their eyesight. Are you familiar with Gamer Advantage or do you have or have you used any blue light glasses in the past? I actually do have the Gamer Advantage ones. I oh, my God, the, amazing. <laughs> um, I bought the Focus and the Sleep-specific one because I am a night owl. And normally, again, I do have everything just sepia-toned with the blue light blocking. But they're so good. I, I love the way the glasses are literally, like, transparent and they're not this tea-stained color. So you do see everything as it should be. It, it just the really smart technology in it blocks it out. Um, one of the things I found with it is like because I've got like chronic fatigue syndrome and ME, it's affects all your muscles. All your muscles get fatigue, even the ones in your eyes. And I get really bad eye strain and really bad migraines because of it. And a friend put me onto these glasses and was like, well, you might as well check it out. And I'm like, okay. And I have found that I get less eye strain when I'm using them all the time. And I love the fact that they can be prescription. So it can be nothing or it can be prescription glasses. So your normal glasses, but gamer advantage, which is really (laughs) cool. And price-wise, they're going to be around the same kind of price as just a normal pair of glasses. I think my last pair cost around like 200 pounds and the ones that I got from Game Advantage, it was 210. Right. So it's really, really worth it. Um, they do say it's going to As I like, understand, they're meant to like flex around your headset as well so that yeah. it doesn't dig into your temples, which is important. Oh, yeah, when you've got those big gamer headsets on, the amount of times my glasses have been really painful. So they are really cool and, um, yeah, flexible. Uh, I I find it not painful to have in headsets and really good for my late-night gaming sessions. I can sit there and play Animal Crossing till 2 in the morning now, and it's going to actually let me be able to sleep afterwards rather than still being awake till five going, why am I still awake? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 
Um, excellent. Well, I do know the blue light glasses are popular and made by a fair amount of companies, including Tiffany's I've seen before, bizarrely. Uh, but the benefit of the gamer advantage, of course, is that it doesn't change the colors and it's made to work with headsets. So perhaps it's worth having a look if you know someone who is around a lot of screens. Now, the last one is it's only available for pre-order for the second batch. And this is the Subpack X1. So this is a wearable, like strapped or seated solution for people with reduced hearing or complete deafness that allows them to experience game prompts and sounds as thumps and vibrations. So they can play rhythm games, react quickly to shooters, uh, react to 360 degree world environments by getting happy feedback from more than just the controller. They can get it from behind them and things like that, which is important with a lot of games where things sneak up on you. Um, Fallout comes to mind because, my God, there was always a rabid dog sneaking up on me pretty much all of the time. Um, and it's available for pre-order for the second batch. Um, it is pricey. It's almost 700 pounds. However, if this is something that you know someone who really, really struggles to um, fully immerse themselves in games because of partial deafness, full deafness, or just general hearing loss that wants a more immersive experience. This is one of the best devices out on the market for real-time competitive level um, haptic feedback. It's better than there are like some wearable vests that you can get on like eBay and stuff like that, and they will do an okay job, but they're not going to be as finely tuned and accurate as something like this. So um, anything that helps people experience games like that better is not a bad thing. Uh, but this, as I understand, is one of the best ones. Now, have you ever seen this one used or reviewed? I know there was an earlier model. Uh, I've not seen it in person, only like read the reviews and looked at the videos and like the TikTok and things. Um, it looks really cool. The amount of stuff they've done with it already like working with bands like Coldplay, Coldplay to go and go and like give big, huge audiences and actually have it really not just signed for the deaf people in the audience, but for them to feel every beat as well. It's really cool. I think the one thing I'd say is um, – you need to be careful with things like that if someone doesn't have like a straight spine, if they have back problems or like chronic fatigue, ME, that type of thing. Because sometimes that, that really percussive vibration mm. can cause a lot of pain or muscle issues. But if, you know, they're perfectly physically healthy aside from having hearing impairments, go for it. It would be an amazing thing. I think already it's changed the perception of so many people that have been able to really use it. It's, it's amazing. And the fact that it, I'm sure, has other uses beyond just gaming, like you described, like, you know, for concerts and experiencing music and stuff. I mean, I have seen people play like things like Dance Dance Revolution and Guitar Hero and stuff, like using something like this, um, which sort of makes music more available. So it is pretty exciting stuff. Um, the price, I think, is out of a lot of people's realm. 
uh, of reason. However, if this was a group gift and everyone in the family got together in order to purchase this, I don't think it's totally unreasonable. I think if you were well enough to not experience any ill effects from haptic feedback, I think it would be very, very enjoyable and, and an excellent gift for anybody who, who has hearing loss or or um, any sort of deafness, partial or full. Um, okay, awesome. So those are the three peripherals that we've got. We're going to talk about games next. So the first game on the list is God of War Ragnarok. Now, I mean, this is a brand new title. Everybody is raving about it. But what makes it so great from an accessibility perspective? They've really gone all out. I think they've learned so much from The Last of Us 2. Um, they put out audio-described trailers and on launch there's over like 60 accessibility features I, I think it is amazing. It's so well done. They've got so much covered in there. If you've got issues with like fine motor control or fatigue, uh, things for like if you're hearing impaired or visually impaired as well, I think there is so much. I mean, a huge, huge, huge library of settings that you can go through and customize so a few highlights for me would be uh, if you've got issues with like hearing like the subtitles are absolutely brilliant because it captures speech musical cues and sounds such as like kratos just having a deep sigh and it uses like <laughs> you wouldn't want to miss out on that for sure oh yeah because you know he's like boy but boy. now on screen it will write boy Kratos size and it will have like italics for tone of speech you can alter the text size not just of the subtitles but like everything which really makes a difference because the writing can be very very tiny mm. and I struggle with it and I don't have a visual impairment. And oh my God, I same. I put the subtitles at least to medium. They're always too small, especially if you have a big TV. It makes it even smaller for some reason. Yeah, it does. It's like not everybody's playing these things on a PC screen that's only so far away from their face. You know, mine's going to be like three meters away or something. And the fact that I can move the subtitles and make it bigger and bigger and bigger, I can see it no problem. And it makes a huge difference. I don't have to keep pausing and going, it's mm. <laughs> trying to look in at the screen myself. Uh, like you can also um, remap all of the buttons. You can press and hold like this toggle options for that. So for aiming and for blocking, and there's assistance for like combat and targeting. It's been done in such a good way for like cinematic immersion. And because of that, it kind of does seem like there's a lot of camera sway and shake. And that can be rather disorientating for some people. So there's options to go and reduce that on a sliding scale as well. Uh, but I think one of the main real highlights for Ragnarok for me is how it's gone all out for people with low vision and even for sightless play options. Mm -hmm. And it is, wow. Like for low vision, they've got like a high contrast mode with so many customizable elements. So you can have it all mapped out and there'll just be 
blank colors and you can mm. highlight where Kratos is, uh, where Atreus is, uh, any items, enemies, and it really makes everything clear, which can be so, so integral for playing with low vision. Mm. <laughs> or, I mean, I even welcome it. One of my regular complaints is it's just often hard to find out what's even clickable in a room without going item by item. And who has time for that? So even I welcome that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Being able to just go and easily go and click because you don't have to play the entire thing like that. You can switch it on and off whenever you oh. want. And so you could just go into a room, quickly highlight all of the items that you can pick up and, and then switch it back off again. It's so good. Uh, but I think really that the stuff they've done for sightless play, it's nothing else is like it out there in the market. They've got an inbuilt screen reader and they will go and give you a huge glossary of audio cues. So you can learn all the different sound cues. Like they'll have a little cue for when a cinematic's about to begin, a little cue for when it ends, each sound an enemy will make when an enemy is about to charge, do an unblockable. Mm. Like it's really quite something and it's very extensive. It's so huge and it's pretty amazing. The oh, the audio description. Just being able to play a game, audio described. Yeah, which I really appreciate because sometimes I struggle to like understand what people are saying if they're in an, an accent that isn't my own. You know, I don't know how every word in a different accent sounds like. And I regularly watch television with the subtitles on, even though I have no hearing loss or impairment in any way. It just makes it easier for me to understand the first time I don't have to like rewind things. And with a video game, you can't really rewind. So you need to know right away what's happening. Um, that's amazing. So um, would you say that this is like the number one modern game to buy for people this year? if they want something new. Oh yeah. 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 Highly recommend it. I personally cannot wait to go and sit down with my visually impaired friend and to play it through with him. Like we did with the last of us too. I really can't wait to do that. It's going to be a lot of fun and I'm sure he's going to absolutely love it. Fabulous. Um, shall we move to the next one on your list then? <laughs> oh yeah. Excellent. Now one. is this, is this a remake or a sequel? It's both and none all at the same time. Because <laughs> I saw some press for it. So the next one on your list is Return to Monkey Island. Um, <laughs> now, I am famously terrible at this game. My brain does not think laterally at all. There was something in the first game to do with, like, a fish. You need to take the fish somewhere and do something with the fish. No. My brain, no. It did not connect this. Um, but I know you love this game. We've talked about it before. So tell me about the accessibility features. Why is this so great for people who have different needs? Well, for one thing, Monkey Island isn't a game that's very exhausting if you've got, like, fatigue or you don't really need lots of fine motor control of your hands to be able to play it. 
It's on like every platform. I've been playing it on Switch recently and I really appreciated it. Um, it's got such a simple control system. And because of that, it all kind of lays out and makes sense. It's really good because it's got a lot of little things in there that it never used to. Like, if you suffer from things like brain fog, like I suffer from brain fog, I lose words, I lose track of things. Amen. I get confused, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but sometimes games like that can be really difficult. But this time, it, Monkey Island's kind of considered that and thought, okay, well, you can play a game where you've got easier puzzles and we'll cut out a load of the unnecessary dialogue or you could play it as is, which I really did appreciate. And as much as I feel like, oh, I don't want to cut out the waffle, I do like the waffle. Uh, it's like I don't have the energy for it. So having the options really wonderful. Um, the puzzles have been not necessarily changed, but they're made easier because you need fewer things to go and achieve the objective. So instead of getting like four or five things, you just need two or three to be able to go and get the end goal. There's an in-game book of hints that you can just open up and access at any time. And it will kind of just give you little gentle hints along the way. So if you get a little stuck or a little confused, it'll be like, well, have you gone and spoken to this person? And then after speaking to that person, if you're still a bit lost, it'll give you another prompt and another prompt. It won't outright tell you how to solve the puzzle, but it, it will give you a lot more breadcrumbs along the way that it makes it a lot more easier to pick it up. So maybe, Amanda, this might be the Monkey Island game for you. It's so funny you say that because I, I literally recorded the review of Hello Neighbor 2 today and that was my main complaint. I started picking up these blocks and I was like, what are these blocks for? What do they mean? There was like a like a, a safe and it had numbers. The blocks had numbers. I thought, oh, is it a combination of the safe? However, there are four blocks. I could sit there all bloody day. Like... <laughs> You know, so this can't be it. And I'm trying to run around and like find scissors so I can get to the next location because maybe the answer is in there. I don't know. I eventually gave up on it because I was like, no, nah, this game's too smart for me, man. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing next. There was no journal or anything that I could find. And I think you need to give people some help if they are absolutely baffled like I was. And I didn't want to just Google it. You know, like, because I feel like that's the default option. You look up a walkthrough, but that actually kind of ruins the game for you because it just tells you what to do and doesn't give you any room to think for yourself. So that's amazing. Um, and it also says here that Monkey Island has um, subtitles as well with environmental sounds. Yeah, it's actually really good. Um, I can play it in the middle of the night, no sound whatsoever and get everything, absolutely everything. So I'm not disturbing my partner. <laughs> Just, and I'm not missing a thing on the game. It's, it's really great. Even like little things like seagulls going, Rah! It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's all in good timing as well. And you can change the size of the subtitles and how transparent the box around the subtitles is too. It's really good. 
I also like on my Switch that if I like press back on the D-pad, I can look and reread the dialogue that's just passed because sometimes it goes through it and I'm like, hang on, what? And I have to just go and redo it. And sometimes you can't do that. On a lot of games, you just can't. But it's really good to be able to just press the back button and, oh, that's what that said. Okay, now I understand. It's great, yeah. Um, You can also highlight all of the items on the screen at any time. Like on the Switch, you just press the two shoulder buttons. I love that. As I've said. <laughs> yeah, because you would be going around clicking and wondering what's going on with everything or just trying to click through each individual thing. So it's really good to be able to straight away, this is everything, go to it. It's made it a lot less difficult. It's cut through a lot of the things that a lot of fans of the old Monkey Island games found frustrating. Yeah. Um, it's still going to be a bit frustrating because it's Monkey Island. Sometimes it's just, this is baffling. But it is, it's great, and I do fully recommend it, particularly if you like a bit of a puzzle game that's difficult but not too difficult and can help you out along the way. And it isn't too taxing at all if you have physical or fatigue-related illness. Which is really helpful. And, and even if you don't, if you just want what sounds like an easy game that you can play under a huge range of conditions, you know, that seems like the right place to be. Now, I will mention that this game is also new, although it has a more retro style and is um, not all about flashy graphics like what God of War Ragnarok is. This came out in September of this year, and it's available on pretty much every major platform playstation xbox pc switch um you can also play it on cloud gaming so if you have the xbox game pass you can play it there so um i think it, it's an excellent gift um and with so many different systems it's appropriate for almost everybody um i will say god of war ragnarok is not available on uh <laughs> anything except for PlayStation, as far as I know. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, what we'll do is we'll put the links to all this stuff, uh, where you can buy it, more information about it uh, in the write-up for the podcast um, on templeofgeek.com. But before we go, can you let me know any honorable mentions for games or peripherals that you think are also worth checking out that we just didn't have time to cover today? I'd say for games, certainly the FIFA game, FIFA 23. Uh, they have really gone all out with more accessible features in there. Mm -hmm. Even things like just little things that automatically aiming your character towards the goal when you're trying to score a goal and shoot. There's a lot that can be adapted. There's a fantastic training mode with it as well. I think if you have a fan of football and they need something a bit more accessible, FIFA 23, definitely. Excellent. Uh, any other top picks? I'd say Stray as well. But, I mean, honestly, who doesn't want to play as a, a Stray cat going around the place? The only thing I'd warn with Stray is that it could be a bit taxing for people with like fine motor control issues or fatigue issues 
because it can be a lot of like enemies turning up in one go and a lot of it relies on running and running and running and I do hope that they put something in that will help with that yeah yeah you have mentioned if you have to like hold the um uh, toggles down for long periods of time. And to be fair, I mean, I don't have any issues with fine motor controls and sometimes it is exhausting to hold this toggle. You'll get a dent in your thumb, you know? Mm-hmm. So like being able to click to run and like click and leave it is for me, I think one of the better game options like out there. So I, I don't blame you for wanting something like that. <laughs> Awesome stuff. All right. Great. Well, um, thank you so much, Holly, for coming around and and sharing your personal experience with a lot of these things, but also um, explaining why these make really great gifts for Christmas 2022. And hopefully we'll be able to do this on a more regular basis and come out with uh, more great games each year to suggest for the people who need something a little different um, from an accessibility perspective. So thanks so much. I will say that we will wrap up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast and thank Holly for this week's discussion and put all these notes, including Holly's observations, um, on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you want to add to the discussion, recommend your own peripherals or games that have um, accessibility features that you like, please do sound off in the comments. Email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. Go over to Facebook or Instagram at Retrorebel Podcast. We're there. Talk to us about it. And if you like what you hear, head over to wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released and rate us because that really helps our show but until the next time we'll see you later